What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another edition of the Bad Podcast. Brad and Dwayne. I'm obviously in the studio. Brad, where you at? What you doing, man? I'm I'm in the I'm in the man, the great white north, man. It's actually 50 degrees up here in western New York, so I gotta be grateful and and, and every day I'm blessed to be here. But hey, uh uh, it was character that got us out of bed. It was mm. commitment that moved us into action, but mm. it was discipline that enabled us to follow through. Zig Ziglar, let's talk about discipline. We got a cool guest today. Let's go. Let's get it. Hey, good job, guys. Good job. Mental battles. Mental battles. what it look like what it be like what it do back in the building the bad podcast man brad and the wayne welcome if you are new to this podcast man we are super excited to bring you an awesome guest i'm going to let brad talk to him and introduce him um because before we got on the air he was talking about slapping people and so i'm not involved (laughs) so i want to make sure i clear that up before we get started but uh brad man who we got coming to the stage today my brother yeah so uh first and foremost i i believe i got that prediction darn close last week so the the prediction i had was 27 24 i was like it was uh what 25 21 yeah I was close. So uh, I, I was out in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, and I had the honor of meeting my guy, Matthew, and he had an incredible story. So we're going to talk to uh, – sorry, I, I, I improperly did the introduction. Matthew, you take it away and introduce Hi. yourself. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Uh, my name is Matthew McClellan, and uh, I'm in media as well. So I was out at Super Bowl, uh, as you were, on Media Row. Uh, but my story to the world is I'm the guy who in- invented the pizza diet. And so 15, 16 years ago, I was on a mission to change the stigma of an industry to uplift pizza from a junk food to health food. And I thought that turning to bodybuilding and fitness was a great way to illustrate that. Um, So that's kind of how I got into this industry, but now I'm fully in the fitness industry, no more hospitality. And uh, a lot of the principles that I've used to be successful myself, uh, I believe your guests and your, your community will benefit from. And... I'm going to just go ahead and give you your flowers now, Bradley. Um, <laughs> so, look, I've, I've seen around a lot. I've been around a lot. I've been to Mr. Olympia's. I've, I've had a booth inside the Olympia. I've become a champion. I have all the knowledge. I have the map and the blueprint of where the promised land is. I can bring you to it. I can take people to it. Um, <laughs> but, but sometimes you get lost in your way. And even though I know the knowledge, even though I know the words and, and other people tell them to me, it's about how it resonates. And I don't know if it's the tone of your voice, if it's the sound. I don't know if it's just like your body of being. But for a guy like me, was inspired by you because the words that you spoke are things that I've known, that I've I implemented for decades, but I've lost my my focus. I lost my discipline, and you re-inspired me for that. And in fact, this is day two of my workouts. Let's go back on track. (laughs) Um, So it's an honor to be here, and uh, I just wanted to give you your flowers while I can. I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right, dude. So when you hear it in a different tone or from, from a different perspective or, or just however it is, sometimes you just need that, that different spark. Like you can have somebody in your life. That's uh, that's Eric Thomas or, or Tony Robbins. Like you could have the guy in your life that's trying to inspire you, 
But sometimes when you hear something from the person that you love or the person that's the closest to you, you don't necessarily want to hear it that way. So I, I coached for 10 years. I, I was in teaching for 10 years. And one of the things that it was, this was a common theme, parents would always reach out to me. Hey, hey, coach, will you tell my kid to do X, Y, and Z? Yeah, I'll tell them to do X, Y, and Z. But why? Well, I've been telling them for the last two months to do X, Y, and Z. Brush your teeth, uh, take a shower, you know, just simple things, right? Eat healthy, exercise. I'll go to the, I'll go to the individual and I'll say, hey, man, time to start brushing those teeth. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right, coach. Mr. Barmore, you're right. I should start brushing my teeth. They'll go home and tell mom and dad, mom and dad, you wouldn't believe what coach Barmore told me today. He told me to brush my teeth. I've been telling you that for two months, you know? So sometimes you just need to hear it from a different light. And so I'm excited to, to get you kickstarted, man. And I want to, I want to kind of hop into that discipline component that you talk about. Sorry, Dwayne, go. <laughs> So we were already, I mean, you know, Brad's ready to take over. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to chime in on Tom, and, and actually it didn't work in my favor because I wanted to have this button push whatever <laughs> I was talking. So you understood that tone is very important when it comes. <laughs> I'm just messing around, y'all. But wow, no, real talk, man. Um, you know, I, I'm not as experienced as Brad as, uh, when it comes to coaching, uh, but that also was something I went to school for. But I always, you know, um, I'm coaching my little girl's basketball team. And one of the young ladies, like, you know, she get the ball, she put her head down, she dribble all the way to the corner every time. Like, that's what she do every time. Her dad, I mean, I hear him yelling, screaming, don't go to the corner, go to the corner. Me and uh, and my coach, we told her doing half, I was like, okay, listen, don't go to the corner. The rest of the game, she did not go to the corner. <laughs> she, <laughs> she made great passes. Like it's just, it's just, I just wanted to hop in on that, man. And just talk about like you know how that that is a thing. Like sometimes hearing it from a different perspective, a different voice, or even a voice you respect, man, is just one of those things. All right, Brad, you can take it back. <laughs> no, what Matthew? One of the things that we were talking about last week was. Uh, you know, th that, that environment, right. And I call it insulation. What, what are you insulated with? What you're surrounded by? If you, if you think about building a house, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people will cut corners on the insulation that they buy for their home. What happens is in the long run, they're going to pay more money because that, that insulation is not keeping that warmth in. it's not keeping that hype in. Right. So who you're surrounded by plays a huge role. And I want you to sort of speak on that. So you did something extreme. People hated on it. Right. But you, sure. you probably had to have some people in your life that also supported you because, no you know, that insulation, that that environment. So talk to talk to the environment of the people in your life that helped you with that. Sure. I mean, you know, it, it came from a place of a, a new business owner. I was trying to get my word out that I had a pizzeria, at a Gold's Gym in St. Pete, Florida, gave me a chance to bring in food the last day of the month for customer appreciation. It was uh, considered a cheat day, <laughs> and um, and I was the most hated man in the, the city. I mean, the, the first thing people would do is we walk in and be like, "You're the reason I'm in the gym in the first place." <laughs> and I, you know, it was it was awful. And I came back with my tail between my legs, and it was a, a terrible way to brand my business in the community. And I remember like just sitting in my restaurant and I was telling my staff like how hated I was and how how rejected, and that the the members actually asked management to remove me as a vendor because. It was the, the gym smelled like pizza. And, um, and I made one comment, one statement. And I said, you know, the Jared Subway diet, it doesn't work. Hey, this is before, this is when he was untouchable, literally. Um, he had one of the highest marketing ratings in the world for, you know, every event he was there. And I said, you know, this isn't a real sustainable diet. You know, if you ate pizza responsibly, 
Pizza could be the healthiest food on the market. It's convenient. And you're supporting the majority of us are independent family-owned businesses that give back to their communities and churches and schools. And, you know, here we are being demonized by the media that pizza is a junk food. So I said, you know what? I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to put my pizza where my mouth is. And I'm going to go on a 30-day pizza diet. So initially, it was a fad diet. I just outworked it. I mean, one, one day, every day, it was one component of a triathlon, running, swimming, biking. And then in 25 days or 30 days, I lost 24 pounds. I lowered my cholesterol 86 points, lost 10% body fat. And while the iron was hot, bam, <laughs> uh, I, got a, I got a chance to ride a bicycle from Florida to New York City, a 1,300-mile bike ride to deliver my message to the pizza capital that pizza is a healthy food. And, um, and then I arrived in Times Square July 4, 2010. And uh, from there, I've dedicated my whole career to changing the image of pizza globally to inspire people to have a healthy emotional connection with their favorite food, to not categorize food as good or bad, but just nutrients, fat, carb, protein, fiber. doesn't mm -hmm. matter where you get them from. Just, just be mindful of what you're putting in your body, whether it's food or liquid, because most consume more in like liquids and teas and juices, um, smoothies and such. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's an awareness and it's a, and it's a consistency and it's, and it's um, an enjoyment for the process. You know, I think we all can agree that time equals results, you know, and if you enjoy the process, you know, and that's really where I'm at now in my career is I have a vertical gym um, and I don't have it on camera here. But I'm actually sitting in my home gym, nice. which I wanted to you know, highlight. Woo! And I'm, I, I use this as a, as a backdrop because we'll get back to the vertical part. But I wanted to highlight this part where I think like most people, a lot of your clients probably have some sort of fitness device in their home that's not being utilized. And so when you think about neurologically <laughs> and emotionally, they had the right intent. They've invested the money for the product, whether it's a treadmill or a, a Peloton or uh, whatever. But there's a disconnect between them actually applying it and using it um, from the intent of what made them bring it into their home. And we got to look at life as the way it's set up. Like our homes are a place of comfort. You know, everything is about like work hard, go out in the real world, provide for your family, and then enjoy the comforts of that work so it's uh, the craftmatic adjustable bed and it's the big screen tv and it's the most comfortable couch and it's, you know so it's hard to get into that mindset of turning your home that's all about comfort into a place of intensity to like really get after your goals and to like yeah. stay focused and even i have all these tools in my possession i've, I've put thousands of dollars and hours and hours of buying and collecting and and so for my elite athletes that i train these tools separate the, them from the rest of the pack. So I have tools in here that are so specific, you know, like spinal flexation tools and, I mean, vertical gym, neurological conditioning, all the different types to make the best of the best even better. But then I have everything to get people who have never turned to fitness comfortable with it and just getting excited about it, such as these. These are uh, B3 bands, which are blood flow restriction. So a lot of customers, clients of mine who don't have mobility, who have had previous injuries, or even worse, they have emotional trauma when it comes to fitness. Yeah. You know, and, let's, and let's talk about PTSD. I mean, emotional trauma is nothing more. Uh, PTSD is nothing more than emotional trauma mm -hmm. stored in the brain. And when it's reintroduced, it triggers fear, which triggers cortisol, which triggers adrenaline. Right? So now you're pumping stress hormone into your bloodstream. And ask Phil Heath back in the 2012 Mr. Olympia. He documented it, talked about the stress hormone that if you can't control it, you can wash your physique away. You can work so hard for a goal and it just fades away because you can't control your emotions, mm -hmm. right? 
but and, and I'm not talking about you, Brad. This is not personal because <laughs> I've never done your workout. And so this this is not personal. But in the fitness industry, a lot of people take the Goggins mentality of a drill sergeant, mm-hmm. and they and they beat people into the ground through these like brutal workouts, burpees till you puke, and leg presses till you pass out. I mean, just in, in exchange for results, right? Right. And when people go through those punishment workouts, they build up fear. They build up anxiety of going through that again. And the goal of the motivation to get them started was either a scare from a doctor's biomarker report or a birth of a child or an upcoming wedding or something or a pant size when they thought they're in the best shape of their life and they want to get back to. So when you have those motivators and you pay an excessive amount of money for personal training upfront to hold you accountable, you don't want to waste it. So they go through it for six weeks or eight weeks. And then eventually they say, you know what? I'm not seeing the results I sure. thought I would. Yeah. I don't enjoy the process and I quit. And the great thing about this timing of this podcast today is, you know what yesterday was fellas? Day one. What was day one? What was, what was symbolic about yesterday? Not for my journey, not for me personally, but just for the world in general. The, the day after what the Super Bowl is what happened. <laughs> What happens? Talk me through the process. Oh, man. Everybody consumes all this food and drink and and all these crazy things on Sunday. And and hey, it's time to get back to it Monday. And we're we're hungover. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to take it back to January 1st. Okay. So go through the mindset of all your people listening now. The the strategy is, okay, New Year's, New Year's resolution, new day. I'm going to clean out my cabinet of all the things that I love. I'm going to go go to the gym membership and the gyms fill up and they're packed and people are pretty good for about two weeks, but then it's time to go refill the refrigerator, what you ate and the kale doesn't really make it back in the shopping cart <laughs> and, and all the healthy organic stuff doesn't make it in the shopping cart. And you start to, you know, infuse a few of the things you love again, but you're still pretty good. You're still consistent. You're still going to the gym. You're starting this new routine, but then the Super Bowl hits and it's the first event for the new year with your friends and family, mm-hmm. the first social engagement really of the year. You, you, and then one day you indulge in all the things that you love, all the things you restrict yourself of in exchange for a result, and you just overdo it. Mm-hmm. And you, and you just go ham. I mean, you just go all in. Going right? hard in the paint. And you baby. wake up on Monday and you wake up Monday morning and you're like, oh, I was weak. I was, I wasn't disciplined. I wasn't strong enough. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not committed. I, I'm failing. I'm not getting the results I thought I would. And they go back to the same lifestyle they had last year, and the year before, and the year before. And the year before. So now let's change that narrative. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like let's educate people on how to incorporate their favorite food because there's a man in Florida who ate nothing but pizza for four <laughs> months, every meal, every day. And I became a champion. I won Mr. Universe in 2016 in natural AM, AMBF Federation. Uh, and I did it eating everyone's favorite food. Now mm-hmm. that's not a recommendation. That's an <laughs> illustration. Right. Right. Big difference. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, what I did was extreme. Every meal, every day, like mm-hmm. even though I created my own food and I was making my own food in my restaurant, it still was one food source, which is extreme. Yeah. And, and it, life is about being balanced. Mm-hmm. You should never give up social engagements and things to be um, to hit your fitness goals or to your, your, your life goals. I, I want to jump in there because you said something a little bit back in, about being mindful and awareness, man. It's all about, am I breaking up on your end? No, it's just it's a, a, little, it's a small echo. That's all. Yeah. Um, 
so just being conscious of what you're putting in your body, you know, and, and what we preach is, is, uh, is portion control. You know, if, if, if we say, Hey, eat this, but eat 25 ounces of it, you know, you're probably, that's, that's, that's not, that's not portion control, you know? So you talk about pizza, you talk about our diet, you talk about anything, as long as you can control that and, and, and enjoy the process, like you're saying, you know? Um, so one of our big things is we do, we do, uh, we do restrictive dieting. But what we do is after you reach your fitness goal, you, we, we're a weight loss program. That's, that's what we do. But we can, we, we're all about whole foods, you know, no, po- no protein supplements, no, uh, no uh, juicing, no smoothies, nothing like that, no pills, no, no nothing. Um, it's all whole foods. And then once you reach your weight loss, that is how, all right, we're going to open this back up. Now you have the discipline to control yourself when you go to the pizzeria, when you go to the Chinese restaurant, when the Super Bowl happens, when, when all these things happen, these social events occur in your life, you have the discipline, you have all the tools and resources that you need to be controlled in those moments. And then you can start to enjoy that process. Now, I'm going to go back to the other thing that you said with the David Goggins thing. Man, I'm a, I'm a different style motivator than David. You know, David is like, man, he's, he's next level. I like to do it with a smile on my face because, you know, I was a teacher for 10 years and I taught kids for anywhere from four years old up to 18 years old. So I did a lot of coaching, a lot of teaching. And when you're teaching a five-year-old, you're teaching a 10-year-old, you're teaching a 15-year-old, you can't go in with that David, David Goggins approach, especially in this generation. You just can't do that. So when I, when I coach, it's all about enjoying the process. It's all about enjoying fitness. And, and I'm, not, uh, I'm not the burpees till you puke kind of guy. I'm not. I, I, I am. A, uh, you know, I, I do some intense exercises, but I keep those in my own home. And, and Dwayne's so, sort of the same way. Like he's training for a bodybuilding or a physique show right now. Um, so we do some of those oh, extremes. Yeah. yeah. So he'll touch on it. But we'll do some of those extreme things, but that stays in our home because that's that's for our journey, you know. And when you talk about the the masses, you talk about the general population. Man, an Iron Man isn't for the general population. Uh, a physique show isn't for the general. Being healthy, man. Being aware of your body and in in the the importance of the longevity. That's the importance. Yeah, man. And well, just, I wouldn't even take a. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go no, do I? Go ahead. Let's you, let's you big dog. <laughs> no, I was just going to uh, just piggyback off of what, what Brad said, because um, Brad uh, gives it because I was a client first, uh, uh, Matt, before I became part of the E2M uh, team uh, communications director. Um, and so I lost over 70 pounds. Just give me a little background. But uh, but going back to what Brad said, um, the 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 I guess the attitude or the perspective, of course, he, he got it during uh, from teaching. But it comes from the top. Uh, Jeff style isn't, you know, like the hardcore 24, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and and because because like we said before, man, when it comes to weight loss and the general population, some people have never like drunk, you know, like don't drink water. Like, you know, some people never drink. You know, we talk about a gallon of water. Some people never like don't drink water at all. <laughs> you know, some people don't never had vegetables before, right. you know, and so. It's really important, man. Um, you know what we're trying to teach, and and obviously something that that you're very familiar with, man, is is the discipline side, man, and and the the honing in on that. Cause that that's a skill, you know. Um, and and you know, he mentioned I'm I'm tr- training for a physique show, a male physique show, but there's no way I could have done this before I went through the E2M process and learn discipline, learn how to restrict myself also learn how to enjoy things but in moderation 
you know, so uh, it, it, I think that is, we, we, we can't brush across that, the importance of learning discipline and then, you know, understanding that it's not going to come overnight either. That is something that over time is something that you develop. And that's why our eight week program works so well, because, you know, after the eight weeks, you still might not master it, you know, uh, and, and you need it. And we give you another eight weeks for free. You know, you don't have to pay again with us. And so this this uh, episode is coming out, you know, at the start of week eight, which is a lot of people are finishing up their set, but they get to start right back again at the end of this week without additional dollar, man, and and continue to build on the the blocks that we're we're trying to establish when it comes to discipline, man. So just wanted to throw that out there, man, before we we move on. Yeah. So so let me let me ask you this question. So is this your first physique show you've ever done? Yes. Yeah. This oh, is my this be my debut, baby. <laughs> how far how, how far out are you? Uh, six weeks. Okay. So. So I'm gonna give you some advice that I had to go through, and okay. I know you're in a great place as well. So I'm not worried about it. But I'm always a phone call away if you need a little bit of like support and I motivation. Okay. So um, two weeks out from your show, you're gonna be, look worse than you have during the entire prep. <laughs> mm. Right. Because when you when you're in a depletion mode and when your body is malnutrition, right, which is bodybuilding, you're taking mm. yourself to extreme lows. Right. You're going to get to a point where. Um, your body will start to send an extra fat reserves to your organ, to your midsection to save your life because you're in a starvation environment. Mm -hmm. Your extremities will lean out. Your arms and legs will start to get leaner, but your core will get you know fatter. You'll have a layer of fat. And that's when most bodybuilders quit. That's when most mm -hmm. people are like, I can't go on stage. I mean, I tell people there's three things you got to do in life. Like, and I would prefer you do them early before you start your life than later in your life after it's already like uh, time's running out. But it's do a bodybuilder show run triathlon and do stand-up comedy. And, and so the comedy is because you're alone on an Island. You can't see the lights are dark and you're, you're, you're the only one that can save you. There's no one to help. Right. So to go through that experience is, is traumatic, but it's also like you, you it builds you. Right. Love it. Triathlons are humbling because they put your age on your shoulder, your quad, your calf, same environment, same conditions, same terrain. And you'll see 71 pass you on a run yeah. and you're gassed. Right. The glycogen burned up. You're just like a noodle. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. But it shows you that a lifetime commitment to conditioning. Your body will move as long as you're alive on this earth. And number three, obviously, is bodybuilding because you're judged on your weaknesses. You're going to go up there and you're going to get judged on your flaws against mm -hmm. other people who are in an alpha, like ego motivated, like want to win at all costs, willing to do whatever it takes. So you're going to go up there and get judged in front of people, basically naked in public and you're going to be only picked apart on what's what you don't have like you don't have legs you don't have hamstrings your your back isn't developed your chest doesn't look good they're not gonna go there and be like man your biceps are amazing look at the peak like that's awesome right but yeah. <laughs> when, you that, when you go through that behind the curtain there's 80 to 100 150 competitors that are now going through that same traumatic life experience and it builds a brotherhood and a bond that you can't break I mean, once you go through that, you will be part of a, a secret club that when you're walking down the street or on a mall or at a Super Bowl and you see another man, another woman that's just physically fit, and you're going to be like, what's up? Like, it's that, it's, that, <laughs> it's, that, it's that mutual respect because you know consciously, hey, I know what it took for you to get that. Mm -hmm. I know even more so what it takes for you to maintain that. And I respect you even though I don't know you. And, and so when you become part of that club, bro, awesome it's so good. And, I, and i gotta shout out my trainer my jay sarinsky 
I called him two weeks out. I'm like, hey, Jay, I'm not ready. I look like I look terrible. We'll just wait till after the holidays. And he was like, nope, we worked too hard. Get in the car. He drove me to Key West, stuck me up on stage <laughs> like a puppet, and I won my first show. Wow. And that built the confidence to continue on to become Mr. Universe. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's all about that support system. Yeah. It's all about having the right team around you. And I know you guys already with just me yeah. now, yeah. Uh, I know you've got that. And I bet your fan base is even more excited for you than, than you are. So <laughs> uh, it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm proud yeah. of you. But, but let's, let's touch on something else. Like, so when you're talking about, you know, the enjoyment of the process and discipline, I like to do like an aha moment, like a light bulb going off. And that for me is, you know, everything in our life is regulated. We have so much oversight. You know, to, to drive a car, you have a, a license. Mm-hmm. And, and to catch a fish, you got to have a, a license and to hunt and to, um, you know, to open a business. To uh, Everything is seen, oversight. But there's no license required to stay healthy. There's no license or no oversight for what you put in your body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a free-for-all, you know, and, and it's not required. You don't have to work out in order to pay your passages through life. Yeah. You got to pay taxes. You got to earn money to, like, support your family. Mm-hmm. But there's there's no oversight for your health. It's literally a choice that you make. And and unfortunately, too many people wait till there's, it's too late. You know, they get a, a bad doctor report back or they're starting to feel some kind of way. And then they finally like, okay, now I'm going to make the changes. And, and it's never too late to get started, right? It doesn't matter when. But if you can get to the next generation now and get early and, and start to really build that as a, a fiber mm-hmm. of like, look, just like you got to brush your teeth every day and you got to go take a shower every day. You have to move your body every day. And I don't care how you move it. Right. Just enjoy the process of how you do it. Pickleball or, or running or marathons or anything. So, so I just thought it was important that most people were like, you know, I never thought of that. I never thought that there, there is no requirement to be healthy mm-hmm. as a human. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to just, just throw this out there and I know we got to wrap up here soon, Dwayne, but, uh, you know, being in education, physical education. So I was a phys ed teacher, right? And, um, you know, we have the the requisite of you have to finish X amount of years, four years of physical education, but they don't have a test that you have to pass. You know, you don't have to run the mile in a certain time anymore. You don't have to do the push-ups and a certain amount of push-ups anymore. You don't have to do the, the arm hang or any pull-ups. You, there's, there's no physical requirement for physical education. As long as you are taking those classes, you get your, you get your credit, which is, which is just crazy to me. And, and I, this, my friend sent me a video and it was a, a phys ed clip from the sixties back when JFK was in, in the, in the office and it was a phys ed program, man. These guys were doing pull-ups and push-ups and, and tricep dips and, and all these crazy things. And now again, you talk extremes and that might be a little bit more extreme, but man, we should have some physical requirement <laughs> for physical education. I'll leave it I was a phys ed major. Uh, I didn't finish, but I, I was a major. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, the reason why I did it, I wanted to read a newspaper and roll balls out. <laughs> man, that, you know, that, that's all my PE teacher did. Yeah, yeah. Like, where's the newspaper well, class? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so I'm, so I'm just a pizza guy and I want to, you know, change the image of an industry and I turned to fitness to illustrate that, that, you know, yeah. um, and, and that's what I do. That's my, my contribution to the industry. Yeah. But I, I, I literally drug the pizza industry into the fitness world for so long <laughs> that I, that I finally ended up in the fitness world full time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it, man. Anything to get you here is, is what's important for sure. So, so I do want to touch on this real quick before we go. So I, I do own two vertical gyms. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. You're going to see, you're going to see this in the future. 
um, where changing the relationship of gravity to your brain to access your sympathetic response is going to be part of like protocol for every fight camp or for just general training. I have two of them. There's three of them in the country that are mobile. And I started with all the elite athletes in Tampa Bay. So fighters, former Buccaneer players, you know, you name it. Um, but it's for everyone. It stretches the vertebrae, decompresses the spine. You're talking about youth education. It, it will stretch the growth plate, not compress it. So for parents who want their kids to excel, but don't want to put load in, on their spine and compression on their spine to achieve a scholarship or to become a professional, um, I can do so. But the most important part is it's neurological stimulation mm -hmm. from the brain to all 603 motor skills. Um, so, you know, it's, it's the future. I have two of them I incorporated in the horizontal training, obviously. So maybe we can do a follow-up interview later on. Um, but I just wanted to, to touch on that and I'll send you all the information later, but mm -hmm. it's, it's a game changer, man. Love it. Like I love it. Accessing people's fear and anxiety and helping them without the emotional trigger of cortisol release. It's unreal. Huge. Cool deal, man. So real quick, man, we're going to yeah. get into this last segment. We call it the okay. Did You Know or Do You Know? Uh, this is something uh, that nobody knows about you that you might not have said on another interview or anywhere, man. We're going to give you an opportunity. I got a really short video that's going to play. And okay. uh, be thinking of what that Did You Know or Do You Know? I know, I know what it is. I got All right. It. Yeah. So the, the clip is short, so be ready. Here you go. Okay. Do you know? The clip is over. So what is the Do You Know or Did You Know moment? So I was born in 1976 with a very rare disease called highline membrane disease. I was straight from my mother's womb into an incubator. I didn't get breast milk and formula. So my whole entire life, I was undersized. I was bullied every day. I had no skill set, couldn't fight. I graduated high school, 120 pounds. Um, and I didn't like the body that I was given genetically. So I turned to the bodybuilding magazines to build the physique that I dreamed of, created a vision inside my head, created action steps to achieve. But then I started to get tested because my size and my growth, and my discipline and my commitment. So I had no skill to back it up. So I turned to boxing and Valley Tudo, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And now I co-host Knockout Radio. I, I spend my time with the most dangerous people on the planet. I have no anxiety. I have no fear. Um, I built my own self-confidence from within. I coach people on how to build their own. And uh, I want to shout out my mother and my father because even though I was born so extremely sick, uh, they never raised me with a victim mentality. They never told me that I wasn't able to or good enough or, or strong enough or big enough to compete. And uh, because of that, I was able to build the dream life that I live now. That is that's amazing. Awesome one. For yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's number one right there, I think. Yeah, awesome one for sure. Like you, you had one to beat, man. The uh, 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 ultimate uh, was ultimate marathon guy broke yep. his back and yep. started running. Mm -hmm. uh because he broke his back so i think you y'all you you kind of yeah right on. <laughs> back, baby. Oh, look, I, i'd rather i'd rather be just be an inclusive because everyone's story is going to resonate differently like brad, brad tone and his voice has resonated with me to where i need to get back on what i already do and have done and what i do for others to do for myself so i think that's what's key in hospitality is so many chefs, you, you hear the, uh, the tagline, never trust a skinny cook, right? But, <laughs> but they put so much love into the food, but they don't treat themselves the same way that they treat their guests. That's and right. there's a major disconnect there. Same thing with medical yeah. professionals. They have the experience and the knowledge and the diplomas and achievement, but yet they don't live the lifestyle that they promote. Yeah. So, you know, it's just about 
inclusive and, and everybody can learn from everybody else. And that's why I'm an honor to be a part of this. I, I put you on the YouTube behind me. Yeah, hey, let's go. Playing. I got the. Hey, the I whiteboard. see you. Know, I see the reflection. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, so, um, handsome man back there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brother. Listen, we appreciate coming on, man. This has been fun. I definitely will be reaching out to you. Um, and and we 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 appreciate it so much, man. So, all right, folks. The next time we are out of here. Yeah.